there's just too much in this to deal with even two Sunday nights, let alone one. And we find over and over again in Scripture, Christ himself teaching about it, and then um, epistles that were written addressing it. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Turn also over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, a passage of Scripture I've mentioned recently that has really challenged me is this passage beginning in verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Then he goes on and says, The key to this is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, and so on. Now, in both these passages, and we'll see throughout other passages, he doesn't just tell us to forgive one another, but he says, Forgive one another even as Christ forgave you. Here's the standard. Here's the model. As Christ forgave you, wow, that is a that is a high standard that we're given. And in this whole aspect of forgiveness, there are many misunderstandings about what forgiveness is not and what forgiveness is. And tonight we want to just go through some things, what forgiveness is not. And also what forgiveness is. I'm sure many of you um, in the last several months were made aware of the um, um, physical abuse and sexual abuse of the United States Gymnastics Women's Girls Gymnastics Team. And primarily perpetrated by a Dr. Larry Nasser. In extensive testimony of young women that were abused, one of the ones that was instrumental in bringing this out, her name is Rachel Den Hollander, testified an impact statement about Larry Nasser. I want to read just a part of this to you. <clears throat> In our early hearings, you brought your Bible, she's addressing this to Mr. Nasser. you brought your Bible into the courtroom and you have spoken of praying for forgiveness. And so it is on that basis that I appeal to you. <clears throat> if you have read the Bible you carry, 
You know the definition of sacrificial love portrayed is of God himself loving so sacrificially that he gave up everything to pay a penalty for the sin he did not commit. By his grace, I too choose to love this way. You spoke of praying for forgiveness. But Larry, if you have read the Bible you carry, you know forgiveness does not come from doing good things as if good deeds can erase what you have done. It comes from repentance, which requires facing and acknowledging the truth about what you have done in all its utter depravity and horror without mitigation, without excuse, without acting as if good deeds can erase what you have seen in this courtroom today. If the Bible you carry says it is better for a stone to be thrown about your neck and you throw in you thrown into a lake than for you to make even one child stumble and you have damaged hundreds. The Bible you speak carries a final judgment where all of God's wrath and eternal terror is poured out on men like you. Should you ever reach the point of truly facing what you have done, the guilt will be crushing. And that is what makes the gospel of Jesus so sweet. Because it extends grace and hope and mercy where none should be found. And it will be there for you. I pray you experience the soul-crushing weight of guilt so you may someday experience true repentance and true forgiveness from God, which you need far more than forgiveness from me, though I extend that to you as well. It goes on, but um, I wanted to, to read that. Here is a lady, I believe, in her 30s now, that truly understands what forgiveness is about and truly understands the gospel and truly understands that the gospel reaches to the uttermost and understands that it's not just flippantly saying, I'm sorry. But underneath all of Rachel Den Hollander's um, testimony that is given there is a clear understanding of forgiveness. So tonight we want to just quickly kind of lay the foundation, as I said, what forgiveness is not, what it is, and then, Lord willing, next week we'll go in and follow up on that and deal with um, some aspects of, okay, how do I forgive? As I read testimonies like this, and as I, I hear of things that, that people have experienced, um, and the, the horror of the depths of the forgiveness that is necessary in people's lives, I, I say, is there a light that blinks on and off here? Has it been doing that, or is it just me? There is one doing that, okay? I thought maybe they were playing games with me back there or something, but, or it was just me. But any rate, um, as I said, humanly speaking, I am not qualified to address this or anything for the fact of the matter. But based on God's Word, 
that's the basis of addressing this. Um, thankfully, the truth of God's Word stands on its own. It doesn't have to be um, something that we have to experience. Every aspect, truth stands on its own. So first of all, forgiveness is not forgetting. Um, we'll touch on this more later, but <clears throat> and it eventually may may come around to a person able to forget. Only God is able to forget and separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. It's not just forgetting about it and going on. It's not just um, it's not just forgetting about it. It's not regaining automatic trust in offenses that come. There is trust that has been broken. It doesn't mean that when forgiveness is granted, that trust is automatically restored to the place that it was before. Trust is, trust is something that in, in the sense of our lives is earned. And relationships can be and need to be restored and often they can go on stronger than they ever were before. But it, it doesn't just automatically restore up and beyond. It's not, thirdly, it's not ignoring the offense. I'm just going to try to ignore it. I'm just going to try to forget about it. It also, I said ignoring the offense, that's fourth. It's not removing the consequences, that's third. Many times in our lives when we do wrong, we seek forgiveness and we also want the consequences completely removed. Even with our sin... God does not always remove all the consequences. We may be forgiven for something and bear consequences for it for the rest of our lives. Um, and yet often in, in humanly speaking, especially when we're on the side of needing forgiveness, we want all consequences removed, and we also then want instant emotional healing. When there, when there are grievous offenses, that, that emotional healing doesn't just, because someone says something, doesn't just immediately come. I mean, God can do amazing things. But in understanding these, again, are consequences of our sin. And, and at times, God, God may provide an, um, a miraculous emotional healing. At other times, there may be where there needs to be some some gentle care taken i mean you think of you think of how jesus dealt with peter 
after Peter had miserably failed, all it said is Jesus looked on him and he went out and wept bitterly. But Jesus took special care to make sure that Peter ended up to come to healing. And it didn't just happen. Um, Sometimes when there are offenses, as I said, the offending party, hey, I've, I've asked for forgiveness and everything should be all right. There still may be, there may be forgiveness, and yet there still is healing that needs to be done. Forgiveness does not mean the removal of healthy boundaries. We'll talk more about this as we get further into it, and even in our, I'm sure in our First Peter study. But boundaries are set up, God sets up boundaries for us. I I like to think of boundaries as guardrails that keep us on the road. And um, you can crash through those and you'll end up in places you don't want to be. But God sets up boundaries in life. And in relationships, there needs to be boundaries set up. And forgiveness does not mean the removal of any boundaries. We touched on this briefly, but it does not mean restoring the same relationship. One, it it will never be the same because there's been an element added. If it was the same, that element wouldn't be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a whole new element added. It doesn't mean it can't be great. It doesn't mean it can't be better than it was, but it'll never be just like it was. Because there's been a, a whole new element added. There's, a, there's an offense that's come in here, and it's had to be dealt with. There can be healing from it, and, and it, can, it can end up better than it was, but it's, it's not just restoring the same relationship. And forgiveness is not a leveraging of power. It's not a, well, I'll forgive you, but... I'll just remind you of this when I need to remind you of this. I've got something over you. I've got you over the barrel. And and oftentimes it ends up being a leveraging of power, a, a leveraging of authority. Um, turn, if you would, to Luke 17. I understand as we venture into this, this may create more questions than you or I have answers. <clears throat> but I know that God will lead us in this, and God is, is very, very concerned. I, as, as I've been thinking on this, this is one of these one another's that is of utmost importance. And and in my 40-plus years of ministry, I have found that 
there is a great, great need of understanding forgiveness. And you know, what I've often found, sad to say, what God intended as a protection sometimes isn't. And, and I've often found that people struggle with forgiveness often in relation to their own father. And it may not, it may not be abuse, but I've found that Satan loves to bring a divide there. And, and as men, as mankind, we offend, but as men we do, and Satan loves to get a root of bitterness there that brings a division. And there are many, many people that deal with issues all their life because they've never dealt with this aspect of, of their relationship with their father in some sort of bitterness that isn't taken care of. When we went through the Conquer series... They addressed the same thing. They said um, one of the things that that is many men deal with in particular is their relationship with their father. And in many cases, as I said, we as as fathers have failed. But if we take that as a child and and hang on to that and it doesn't do anything for the Father, and it certainly hinders us. So this aspect of forgiveness is, is a very difficult thing. So we want to get in and look at forgiveness is, number one, it's hard. It's very difficult. Notice Luke 17. Verse 1, then said he to his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. He said, you can't live this life without offenses. They're going to come. Just make sure that you're not the one bringing them. He said, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed, he continues, Jesus teaching, take heed to yourselves, he's saying to his disciples, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, Thou shalt forgive him. And notice what the apostles responded. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. This, I mean, their response was, this, this is impossible. Increase our faith. Now, Jesus will go into this more later. They didn't need their faith increased. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can do great things. It came down to a matter of obedience. It wasn't they needed their faith, in, but they were saying, this is, this is too hard. Increase our faith. It is a difficult thing because hurts hurt and offenses go deep. 
And, and it is a very difficult thing. So forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness, when it is granted, Jay Adams years ago gave this definition and one that, um, simple enough for me to latch on to. Forgiveness is a promise to not bring up the offense to the offender, myself, or anyone else. When, when forgiveness is fully granted, it's a promise. I'm not going to bring it up to you. I'm not going to bring it up in my mind and dwell on it. And I'm not going to bring it up to someone else. Now, that is a hard thing. Forgiveness is also letting go of the right to get even. We are a, we are wicked people. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And and we we like to get even. But it's, it's giving up that right to give, get even. Forgiveness is a choice. Just like love is a choice, forgiveness is under the umbrella of love. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. It's letting go of the right to get even. Now, let me, let me just illustrate. Here's an offense that has come into my life. And I can nurture this offense. I can meditate on this offense. I can, can mull it over in my mind. And, and I am the one carrying that offense. All that I do with this offense, really, the one that offended me, it's not affecting them. It's affecting me. Now, I cannot in essence, technically, fully forgive them until they seek full forgiveness. But I can quit carrying this around and say, God, by your grace, I am giving this to you, and I am trusting you to work in their life. And if they ever come and seek forgiveness, I have already granted it. I am going to cease carrying that around. That is a choice that I make. And we can say, but they didn't ask forgiveness. So, do you want to carry all these offenses all your life? Give it to God. Who's the only one that can, can deal in their heart? And, and I understand resolving conflict and all that. But the bottom line is, we many times carry offenses that, that we need to give to God. And enjoy the liberty that only God can give us. We carry these around, then you're a slave. You're a slave until they come and make it right. Well, isn't that exactly what Satan would want? That's exactly what he'd want. Look at, I can pile, let, let, let's pile all these things on them, and, you know. Man, put all these burdens on, they're carrying around. Oh yeah, I hate women because they offended me, and I hate men because they offended me, and I hate dogs because I was bit by a dog. And, and, 
And you run into people like that. And we are. We carry these burdens around. And, and what happens? I've known people that couldn't keep a job because their boss was mean and ugly. Everywhere they went, they ended up finding people that reminded them of their boss. I'll digress a little bit. God brings people into our lives to teach us things. And if you run from those lessons, he'll bring up bigger hammers to beat it into your head. Run, 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 and you're gonna you're just digging your hole deeper. The same goes with these offenses. It's not going to help you to yeah, they offended me. They're we had we had a lady in our church in Livingston that she and her best friend grew up out in the country and her family had apples and someone came and stole their apples and they were sure it was the neighbor her best friend for 50 years their best friends Never spoke to each other. Fifty years. Come to find out, it wasn't the neighbors that stole it. Best friends, fifty years, they threw that away because parents said, I know those Smiths stole those apples, so the daughter took up the offense. I'm not going to be a friend with an apple thief. And broke the friendship fifty years, carried that around for fifty years, and then found, ooh, I guess you didn't steal the apples. Fifty years carried that weight around. There are people that carry weights to their, there's thousands, millions, billions of people that carry weights to their death. And Satan laughs about it. He says, I've got you right where I want you. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is an opportunity to display grace. We are to forgive as Christ forgave us. We sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But but God forbid that I should give a little grace to ye. You know, we're not. We want all the grace, but we don't want to forgive others. And Over and over he says, forgive as I forgave you. Well, that's hard. It is hard. But he will give us the grace. Forgiveness is the removal of a barrier. So here's the offense. And it's a barrier. I give it to God. And let him work. And I have removed the barrier. If they come, I am going to forgive them. And and again, I can't digress to go into, well, you're supposed to go to them. We'll deal with all similar things in Sunday school, okay, on resolving conflict. But see, we get these barriers up and, and we create these things. If you do this, 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 and this, then I may forgive you. Oh, you missed one of them. Satan has come to divide, and he loves to build barriers. 
when when you give it to God and you say, God, as you have forgiven me, I am willing to forgive others. It shows that we have an opportunity to trust God. Do we really trust God that he can work and will work? Again, these are are just quickly kind of skipping stones over some of the things of what forgiveness is not and what it is. But what I want you to do is to go home and and this week to just pray, God, show me where I have an unforgiving spirit. If we're serious about it, God will show us. And if we're not serious about it, we're going to be miserable the rest of our lives. This is foundational to the Christian life. In fact, this is this is a hallmark. This is a uh, an identifying factor of a true Christian. How could how could these? We mentioned Polycarp this morning. We mention other martyrs. How could they go on and and live? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Stephen being stoned and and yet was willing to give it to God rather than becoming angry and upset. It's an opportunity to trust God. And to go home and this week pray, Lord, I want you to show me where I have an unforgiving spirit. And to pray that with the attitude, when you show me, I'm going to deal with it, Lord. And God delights in seeing us trust him. God delights in seeing us know liberty and and know that, oh, yeah, that is an area, Lord. And to know the freedom of having a clear conscience and to know the reality, it doesn't, by doing that, it doesn't let them off the hook. The only way it, it could possibly let them off the hook, if you think the sin is against you and not against God. All sin is against God. God will deal with it. If it was all about you, then yeah, I can see where you're going to think. That's letting them off the hook. Well... You know what? The Lord said, vengeance is his. He will repay. He says, don't take it into your own hands. Overcome evil with good. And as we have been forgiven, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And again, I say, go home and this week pray, Lord, show me where I may have an unforgiving spirit. We want to close our service by taking time to pray.